Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Greetings, listeners. Let's talk about micro-workouts. Micro-workouts, I believe, is the fitness breakthrough of the century. I am not kidding. I know the century is young, but this is such a beautiful trend that seems to be catching on. I'm seeing more and more YouTube personalities and uh, experts talking about it on podcasts, and it simply means that you perform brief bursts of explosive effort uh, throughout the day, a micro-workout. And the idea here is that if you can sprinkle these into what's generally a largely sedentary modern lifestyle pattern, uh, many of us work in sedentary knowledge positions looking at a screen all day, we have things like commuting, we have digital entertainment in our leisure time that's so popular, so we're spending hours and hours every single day inactive, and this is in total conflict with our genetic expectations for health. The studies of modern-day hunter-gatherers like the Aikung Bushmen in Africa and other populations, the Aceh in Paraguay, uh, reveal that humans are built to move and move throughout the day at a slow, steady, comfortable pace most of the time, and then intersperse with brief bursts of explosive effort. That's the primal blueprint uh, template of move frequently at a slow pace, lift heavy things, and sprint once in a while for a complete fitness experience. So these micro-workouts give you an opportunity to conveniently throw in these wonderful efforts, whether they're true strength and explosiveness, they could be also related to flexibility, mobility, balance, uh, things like that, but something where your body is moving. It could be a yoga sequence, uh, whatever you prefer to do and whatever your main goals are, uh, ideally mixing in all kinds of different types of micro-workouts, but when you add these up over time, the cumulative fitness benefit is incredible. My favorite example of a micro-workout to help you grasp the concept is my hexagonal deadlift bar, which uh, rests in my side yard, and it happens to be on the way to the garbage barrel from the kitchen. So when I have garbage to throw away, I walk through the side yard, toss the garbage, and I have to walk by my hexagonal deadlift bar. And the rule is, the Brad Kearns rule is, I got to do at least one set every time I walk past that bar. Uh, I'm not a big uh, super power guy, so I have 200 pounds on the bar, which is uh, not a ton, but it's something, right? And I'll do a set of six or eight or 10 reps and then go about my busy day. So that effort doesn't exhaust me. It doesn't tire me out for my big workout plan for the next day. But if you add that up over time, over a year's time, if I'm doing that, what, uh, three or four or five times a week, throwing the garbage away, right? And I'm lifting a total of 1,600 pounds every time I throw out the garbage. And we talk a year later, I've lifted hundreds of thousands of extra pounds outside of my formal workouts and my workout log where I proudly wrote down that I did a five times five superset or whatever's going on in your uh, fitness training environment. Uh, So that's 
one example. And if you're not highly competent or you don't like the idea of uh, doing some deadlifts when you throw the garbage away, anyone who's in an office cubicle can drop for a set of 20 deep squats anytime throughout the day. And let me tell you, even if you're super fit, when you start getting up to 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, when you're lower in that butt as far down as it can go, Olympic runner Michael Stenberg calls it ass to grass squats. So you try to get that full range of motion and really engaging the glutes and the quads in a meaningful way when you lower up from the lowest position. Oh my goodness, if you do that a couple few times a day and you're at the office five days a week and now in the day where a lot of people are working remotely more than ever, we have the greatest potential for micro workouts than ever before without anybody giving you a hard time. Like at my old job in the accounting firm, my first job out of college, I got called into the boss man because they didn't like me stretching at the workplace. And it was the day after I had run the Los Angeles Marathon. I could barely walk. So I remember standing up at my desk while I was working the 10K, the adding machine, uh, footing bank balances uh, at the bank, doing my audit job. And I just couldn't sit anymore and I had to stretch, but I got a, a mark on my record for that. Oh, hopefully we've come a long way today. And if your workplace has not come a long way, dang, find a different workplace. Getting up and moving and active is so important and so valuable, and it improves cognitive function. There's research showing that being still for as little as 15 to 20 minutes will deliver a noticeable increase in insulin resistance, a decrease in glucose tolerance. In other words, as you sit there in such a short time, surprisingly short time, you start to feel a little bit foggy, you get less blood circulation, oxygen delivery to the brain, and you start to perhaps crave sugar if it goes on for an hour or whatnot to keep your energy high instead of energy flagging. But as soon as you get up and do something even as briefly as whatever it takes to do 20 deep squats, maybe a minute of movement, you will kick back into fat burning and better clarity, better neuron functioning in the brain. There's a direct correlation between brain function and exercise and movement. Uh, You've seen research about BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. Uh, The doctor from Harvard calls it miracle grow. He's the the person who nicknamed BDNF, and they have great studies. Uh, We reference one, Mark Sisson and I, in our new book, Two Meals a Day, that's coming out in March of 2021, we reference a study from UCLA showing that uh, senior citizens who failed to achieve the bare minimum movement objective, which I believe was uh, 5,000 steps a day, right? Half of what we usually hear is the minimum. If they couldn't get to that bare minimum, they had smaller brains, smaller hippocampi, less activity, uh, less memory retention, less uh, short-term problem-solving abilities. So their brains were working less than the other population who were designated as active. So if you don't feel like you have time at your busy, stressful job to get up and drop for a set of 20 deep squats, you are decreasing your productivity accordingly. So there's no excuse not to do it, especially when uh, it can happen so quickly. And you can be right back at it if you are under a stressful deadline project or whatever. Clearing your head is a great idea. So doing it with a brief burst of explosive muscular effort for fitness enthusiasts has that wonderful cumulative fitness benefit that I talked about. The other benefit of micro-workouts is that, as I described with my deadlift, uh, 
they don't fatigue you. They don't compromise your performance for your proper fitness sessions that maybe mean a lot to you if you have uh, designated goals and you want to stick to a program, you're working with a team or a trainer or whatnot. All it does is elevate the platform from which you launch all other workouts. And if you look at my YouTube video, Brad Kern's Morning Routine, there's also another one, newer one called uh, Brad Kern's Dynamic Stretching to Start Your Day. And I just show some of the goofy stuff that I do on the ground as soon as I wake up every single day. And this has been a life-changing experience or addition to my daily routine for me because I'm not someone that uh, typically adheres to a regimented schedule. I work for myself. I have uh, my own independent uh, production every single day. uh, So I'm not like having to be somewhere at a certain time. Uh, But the fact that I can uh, commit and adhere to this morning sequence and now I'm on about four years consecutive where I haven't missed a single day. Uh, I feel really proud to talk about it, share the thing with others, how much it's benefited me. And when you are able to do that and do something for yourself, advocate for yourself and start your day in a proactive uh, uh, state or doing something proactive, boy, it uh, arguably sets you up to be more focused, disciplined, and resilient against all other forms of stress and distraction that you face throughout the busy, hectic day where so much is hitting us. But at least I can say every day before I reach for my phone, I am on the floor doing the sequence that I demonstrate on YouTube. And it's a micro workout in a sense because over time, I've added more and more movements and challenges and increased the degree of difficulty accordingly. So I don't want you to get the wrong idea and get intimidated if you're watching a video where I'm doing all this crazy stuff, because it is kind of difficult. And it's something I've had to work up to over a long period of time. But most importantly, when I started and decided to implement a morning routine, I did something that was super doable and convenient to ensure that I would stick with it and not get deterred because it was too tough. I was too tired one day or too busy. I didn't have uh, whatever minutes to spare. So the first video, I describe how my morning session uh, takes 12 minutes to complete. I thought it was five minutes, and then when we filmed it, uh, it turned out to be 12. I was like, wow, time flies when you're having fun there. Uh, But in the ensuing three years, what happened was I loved it so much, I was so locked in to this routine that I decided to add, add a little more, add a little more. Uh, Now I'm finishing with uh, 40 elevated split squat, Bulgarian split squats, which is a really difficult, you know, basically lowering down into a lunge position uh, with one leg elevated and the other leg taking all the weight. And boy, oh boy, uh, by the time I'm done, it feels like I've completed a pretty nice, uh, moderate duration workout. It's actually taking me uh, a minimum of 35 minutes, sometimes up to 45 if I throw on some more optional stuff. But the fixed template is 35 minutes of basic activity. There's yoga stretches in there. There are uh, a lot of core exercise where my core is activated as I'm doing a sequence of leg drills uh, without any breaks. So my core is getting five or six minutes of nonstop stimulation. And boy, does that set the tone for any other workout that I do. And I feel like when I wake up every day, I have less stiffness, soreness, creaking, shuffling, something that I've done my entire life as an athlete. You know, you got to take a while to get going in the morning. And quite often you feel pretty beaten up from whatever you did the previous day. But now now I have a bounce in my step and I really attributed this to this uh, morning routine. So the, um, the idea that you can 
kind of fly under the radar with some physical exercise sequences that don't tire you out and don't stimulate that fight-or-flight hormone production that happens when you head to the CrossFit gym and do your workout or meet your trainer for the 7.30 a.m. session and you go through an hour, hour and 15 minutes of hard work. Not to say that, um, you know, those are certainly better than uh, not being a fit person, but there is definitely a risk of breakdown, burnout, illness, and injury with our traditional approach to fitness. We have been socialized for decades to have this struggle and suffer mentality in association with getting in shape and getting the six-pack and looking good. It's like, you know, only the people who really want to punish themselves and feel the burn and, oh my gosh, the advertising slogans and the Hollywoodization of the fitness experience. Who can forget Rocky waking up at the crack of dawn and pushing himself to exhaustion before he can get in the ring and fight Apollo Creed? Well, I guess if you're a boxer, I'd recommend or an MMA fighter, you better be training pretty hard so someone doesn't knock your head off in the first round. But for most of us, the idea that fitness is equated with pain and suffering is time to extinguish that once and for all. And I want to honor the wonderful example set by the elite athletes of the planet in every sport. And I don't think we really uh, relate well. We don't understand the um, the approach they have because it's been uh, dramatized and airbrushed into something different. The elite athletes in every sport are, by and large, training well within their capabilities at almost every single workout. So they're not the ones puking at the side of the track. Those are the recreational enthusiasts, the poor well-meaning amateurs who want to complete their first half marathon and are training with the group experience or sign up with the trainer on January 1st and by April Fool's Day their their package of 12 workouts is done and they're not even showing up at the gym because they're so exhausted. And it's really the worst kept secret in fitness is this attrition rate and this negativity and this lack of results, especially when it comes to dropping excess body fat because what happens when you're immersed into an overly fatiguing exercise pattern is that you get this depletion experience at the end of the workout, which dramatically stimulates appetite, especially for quick energy carbohydrates. So these these grueling glycogen-depleting workouts that are the norm in the fitness industry, that are glamorized at the fitness trade shows, where we have the screaming uh, instructor challenging you to go one more set of whatever it is, if you're holding on to an implement or you're spinning on an exercise bike, and it's become so popular popular. Why? Because when you do complete the workout, you get an adrenaline buzz. It's unlike something that you might experience during uh, a difficult eight-hour workday at the office. At least you can go get that uh, whoosh of stress hormones into the bloodstream and the pain-killing endorphins afterward, and you feel great. Uh, You feel like you accomplished something, so you have some psychological payoff that at least you set your alarm and woke up and got to the gym, unlike your lazy roommate who couldn't seem to do it. Now, what happens is after that rush wears off, after the drug-like endorphin high wears off, you are dealing with a fight-or-flight experience. And then we stack onto that all the other fight-or-flight experiences that we have in life, such as the stressful workday, such as the stressful commute, such as difficult relationship dynamics, things that wear you out. And then you throw on top of that these workouts that are slightly too stressful. Oh my goodness, this is a recipe for disaster. And your body fat number is not going to budge because your brain is telling you to consume extra calories to recover from the depleting experience of the workout that was too long and too difficult. 
difficult. Uh, there's a wonderful article that I reference as much as possible called Hit Versus Hurt by Dr. Craig Marker. And I think it's one of the transformative pieces I've read uh, in a very long time. And if you read through it, there's a lot of science, but uh, you can wade through it and try to grasp this concept and it will change your uh, complete attitude toward your workouts and what you should be doing and how to get the best results. And it's basically, uh, you know, calling out this no pain, no gain approach as completely flawed and being better off staying well within yourself. And when it's time to perform explosive effort, because of course, these are super important and super beneficial to fitness. The return on investment from a well-formulated sprint workout is vastly superior to the, uh, cardio workouts that are lasting six or 10 times as long, right? So sprinting is super important, but most people screw it up horribly. And this HIT uh, phenomenon that's so popular, high-intensity interval training, that's what that stands for, basically describes a workout that is depleting and exhausting. So when you hit the uh, sequence of intervals, uh, for example, when we were triathletes, we used to do a running workout of six times three minutes with 30-second rest period uh, between the efforts. So in that 30 seconds of jogging, it was just enough time to be able to launch into the next three-minute impressive effort where you're running at anaerobic threshold. And by the time you were done with six, oh my gosh, the, you know, the fifth and the sixth one were extremely challenging because of the accumulated fatigue of doing the, uh, the repeats over and over. Uh, on the bike, we would do five times four minutes. And so you'd hit hard for four minutes, usually going up a steep grade, work really hard, rest for only 40 seconds, do another one. And these were the classic, the go-to interval workouts uh, for the serious triathletes of the day. Now, um, there's nothing wrong with doing that once in a while and, you know, stimulating a fitness breakthrough. Same with doing a race. But if that's your routine workout that you're doing over and over, oh my goodness, it's very, very difficult to sustain that type of program and continue to improve without interruption from breakdown, burnout, illness, and injury. So the contrast that Dr. Marker makes in the article is this concept of HIRT, H-I-R-T, and that stands for High Intensity Repeat Training. And the idea, the idea here is that when you are performing these, these sprints, these explosive efforts, uh, they are short enough in duration that they are truly explosive and they're truly a maximum effort, where the things I described where we're going for three minutes run or four minutes cycling, you can't uh, output maximum effort for more than about 20 seconds. You start to slow down. No human can do it. Even in the Olympics, when you see Usain Bolt running the 200 meters, he's going full speed. But if he were to try to continue and going around another curve, he, he'd collapse in exhaustion, right? So maximum output is the tr working the true top end by shortening up the duration of your sprints so that they're uh, truly explosive. And then the key part is what Dr. Marker calls taking luxurious rest intervals rather than these tight intervals where the send-off time occurs and you're still trying to catch your breath, but you're trying to stick to this workout template. So if you perform an explosive effort, you rest maybe five or six times the duration of the effort. So if I'm sprinting for 10 seconds, which is the usual template that I use, I'll rest for at least a minute. And when I come back to that starting line, uh, ready to perform another effort, it's a repeat 
of the first one. In other words, it's just as impressive, it's just as fast, it's just as high quality, and the degree of difficulty is the same. So I don't have to dig deep and be that guy puking on the side of the trap because I wanted to do my sixth and seventh effort just as impressive as the first one. So everything's under control. You have all that nice rest in between your sprints. And so you walk away from a workout like this feeling pleasantly fatigued, of course, but you're not trashed. You're not headed for the nearest Jamba Juice to suck down down a medium smoothie and a breakfast scone, which we calculated in one of the books to be uh, over 600 calories, which is about what you burn in a really high-intensity uh, Peloton or spinning class lasting 40 minutes. So basically a wash from that uh, concept of replacing the calories that you just burned and then some as you continue through the day. So the escape hatch from this negative pattern, this spiral downward of working really hard, watching your diet and not dropping excess body fat and not getting fitter is to back off a little bit, try these workouts like a high-intensity repeat session when you're doing a formal workout, and then sprinkle in these wonderful, quote-unquote, under-the-radar micro-workouts throughout the day. So under-the-radar meaning that you're not spiking the stress hormones like you would in a prolonged session because the workout is too short. So obviously you can do something for 30 seconds, whatever it is, uh, a sprint down the street, and it's not going to um, have a prolonged effect uh, in your blood chemistry because it's so short in duration. And so I'm going over there, I'm doing one set of deadlifts, and then, you know, three hours later, three-hour rest interval, I'll do maybe a set of pull-ups because I have a pull-up bar uh, over the doorway into my closet. And if I'm going into the closet to uh, get a, a, a pack of Post-it notes, or whatever, uh, I'll do one set of pull-ups. And it takes a change in psychology, a change in mindset to embrace this approach because we're so used to wanting to achieve this wonderful long-duration workout where we did this many sets of this and this many sets of that, and we repeat the sequence three days a week. I talk to so many people that go and run through the machines at the gym three days a week, and that's fine and dandy, but imagine being able to get stronger and stronger uh, without any risk of breakdown because you are throwing in uh, some extra pull-ups, deadlifts, deep squats in your cubicle, whatever it is. So you show up at the gym and you're ready to bring it. And then because you're embracing this whole concept of getting away from uh, struggle and suffer, pain and suffering, you're toning down a tiny bit. You're turning that volume button down just a little bit. And so many people are saying this now. And that's why I think it's a a really beautiful uh, fitness movement. You can look up a YouTube video uh, if you just search Firas Zahabi, Joe Rogan, don't get sore, uh, F-I-R-A-S-Z-A-H-A-B-I. He was a guest on the Joe Rogan Show. He's a famed MMA trainer based in Toronto. And uh, he was talking to Rogan. He says, here's the thing. I don't want my athletes getting sore in training. And Joe Rogan was tripping out. He's like, what the F you talking about, man? I'm, I'm sore every single time I work out. Are you talking about beginners? He goes, no, I'm talking about MMA champions. And he went on to explain a really, really simple analogy whereby if you work out well within yourself, then you can return to the gym more quickly. You can be more consistent with your training. And over time, if you're looking at a month measurement or a year measurement, you can perform a lot more work because you didn't break yourself down with these extremely difficult, challenging workouts that produce muscle soreness. 
Dr. Phil Maffetone has told me this for many years. Finally, people are listening to him, and he's got a great following over there at philmaffetone.com. Great articles, uh, great video content that we put together for the Primal Endurance course. If you're interested in that, we have like five or six hours of Maffetone nuggets from his lifetime of experience training some of the greatest endurance athletes in the world. Uh, but one of the points Maffetone makes is you shouldn't get sore in your workouts because that soreness, obviously we're going to get sore for a couple reasons, um, doing something new that we're not familiar with. So even if you're a super fit uh, muscle person and you go water skiing for the first time in the summer, you're going to be sore the next day because there's no uh, approximation for the exact movement that you were doing, uh, getting pulled by the rope. And the second way of getting sore is the eccentric muscle contractions that occur during all manner of workouts, running, pounding the pavement with your feet, um, uh, lowering the bar, right? It's the lowering phase that causes the eccentric contractions that leads to muscle soreness. And so working within yourself, choosing a lighter weight, doing one fewer sets, fewer reps, and then walking away from the gym or whatever the venue is, if it's running, of course, we've talked so much about the math heart rate formula, 180 minus your age, where you're running well within yourself rather than stimulating a little glucose burning and stress hormones. These are the things that over time are going to pay off with continued fitness improvement as well as body composition improvement because you haven't depleted yourself and spiked appetite with these grueling workouts. So those are pretty good plugs for throwing in micro workouts that uh, are seemingly too easy to matter or uh, appeal to your uh, no pain, no gain mindset. And what's the possibly the most profound benefit of micro workouts? is that they break up these prolonged periods of stillness that we engage in throughout the day to the extreme detriment of human health. So if you're doing something, and this is where it doesn't have to be an explosive effort, it doesn't have to be the squats or the deadlift bar, it could go be uh, a sequence of the yoga sun salute, if that's what you're into, or a walk around the block or the office courtyard, or you know, walking up three flights of stairs and back down in the office building. Whatever you can do to break up these prolonged periods of stillness has so many health benefits. And again, the cumulative benefit of taking, let's say, a five-minute break every hour. And if you uh, put that into your daily lifestyle routine and your work routine, you're going to be a more productive worker. You're going to be refreshed and energized when you return to work after boo-hoo, a five-minute break. Like, who can't take that besides Elon Musk, who says nothing good happens unless you work 100 hours a week. So good for him. Thank you for designing cars and rocket ships. But for the rest of us who want to be healthy and live long enough to see one of his rockets fly over to the moon so we can colonize there, hey, let's think about breaking up these prolonged periods of stillness with activity. Dude spelling my main man in Austin, Texas. And that's right, he was there first before it got cool, people. He was born and raised there. And he's seen the influx of the world's cool and ancestral population, world headquarters, wild times down there. Anyway, dude decided to uh, give himself a... uh, uh, challenge for the COVID-19 quarantine period. And what he said was he was going to do, uh, I believe it was 30 push-ups on the hour uh, during his eight-hour workday. And so he set his alarm or had his app going off on his computer screen to remind him, and he dropped for 30 push-ups, which for a fit person, come on, 30 is no big deal. I mean, it's, it's not bad. It's not five, but uh, doing 30 is well within the capabilities of uh, many listeners. Or if it's 15 or if it's 10 for you, that's great. But on the hour doing 30 push-ups, and this guy is true to his word. So can you imagine 
What happened five months later after sticking to this routine? Oh my gosh, he's a push-up freak doing at least 240 every single day. And so when everyone's complaining about adding a little spare tire, adding some body fat, uh, thanks to the 2020 quarantine, he has had an explosion of fitness without even visiting the gym because the gym's closed. So that is a pretty good plug for micro workouts. I believe he added on, uh, he stacked the push-ups with, a five-minute walk around the uh, uh, the, the uh, surrounding outside environment. So he had an outdoor break, getting some sun, and achieving all these objectives uh, with barely a disruption to the workplace flow. Because who doesn't blow uh, five or ten minutes every hour at work goofing around or watching YouTube videos? So getting up, do something, move your body, that is the huge plug to engage in these micro-workouts. And there, anything goes. Uh, let's read a quote from Katie Bowman, whose nutritious movement uh, philosophy is so aligned with this, where she's just wanting you to move your body in assorted ways and have a day of great variation. That's the key word, like workplace variation. We know the stand-up desk movement is a huge deal. Uh, she and Mark put together a great video course program called uh, Don't Just Sit There. You can find that on the Primal Blueprint website, or you can navigate from uh, bradkearns.com to uh, find all the Primal Blueprint courses. And uh, it's about, you know, getting a stand-up desk environment going. But it's way more than that, according to Katie. So if you just uh, purchase an expensive stand-up desk and now you're super cool or your office got outfitted with the hydraulic desk, that's great to put in more time on your feet rather than eight hours sitting in a chair with all your muscles in uh, tight and compromised positions. However, it's not good enough because you are still remaining in a fixed position for too long. So uh, thankfully, since I've been sort of a fidgety guy uh, all along, when Katie came along and gave these instructions, I was already dialed in because I'm moving my positioning of my laptop eight different places around the house throughout the day, including uh, chilling out on the couch in ultra ultra comfort mode, but then putting in a lot of time in a stand-up position or in a low desk position, which is one of my favorites where you're sitting on one of the BOSU balls, you know, the half sphere and then you have a low desk like a coffee table or an ottoman or something and that's a really nice one to do Uh, but the main point is to constantly be varying your body and part of this variation of course is to take those uh, five minutes per hour and actually do a proper workout Uh, i have some good video content coming up soon where i have a uh, taking you through a day in the life of brad kearns (laughs) yep from start to finish all kinds of fun stuff some things skipped of course but showing you my workout stuff and my morning routine and also a whole bunch of ideas for micro workouts and right there in my living room i have all these implement sitting there. And it's so easy. And if you totaled up the, uh, the the cost and the logistics of getting this stuff together, it's nothing. It's just like things like the performance mini bands or the hanging pair of stretch cords for $35. Of course, I have the X3 bar too, which is super awesome. And that's expensive. But that takes the place of almost everything that you can find in a proper gym with the uh, heavy weights and all the racks and all that stuff. So yeah, it's so easy to do in your own home. And this is uh, why I'm so glad you're listening to the show and hopefully going to buy into this micro-workout concept. Uh, But Katie Bowman's quote, Adapting your body to move more is actually pretty easy. 
adapting your life to accommodate more movement is more challenging because we live in an overwhelmingly sedentary culture. But just like you can build muscles for squatting or walking or hanging, you can build your, quote, making time for movement muscle. The rewards are so immediate and plentiful that the effort will feel worth it. The more you can invite your friends and family along with you, the easier all day movement will be. How about your work colleagues? Put, put that one in there too, huh? We were built to move frequently, move in many different ways, and to move with others. End quote. Oh, isn't all this information exciting? But one thing I want to give a shout out to is the overwhelm and the onslaught. And I feel this way myself often. I consume so much content from uh, health and fitness leaders. And it's sometimes easy to feel like you're falling short and you're not quite dialing in all these things that the experts are recommending and lauding that's made their lives so much better. So I don't want to be one of the people in that category where I'm barking at you to do this and do that all day. And if you can't uh, stomach the idea of setting an alarm and doing 30 push-ups on the hour like dude spellings, that's okay. But what I do want to recommend is to take that baby step forward and do something that feels sustainable and good to you. And maybe we'll go back to my example of the morning routine because, hey, I started out as just someone who wanted to figure something out to kind of help me wake up better. Now that I'm getting old or something, I don't pop out of bed every single day. Imagine that. But when I drop to the ground and commence this uh, now pretty difficult and challenging routine, it does help me wake up nicely. It sets a structure and a rhythm to my day. And so if you can commit to five minutes as the first thing you do, do something for your body, get out there and expose your eyeballs to direct sunlight because that actually helps set your circadian rhythm. It will help uh, drop the melatonin and convert it into serotonin and also spike cortisol, uh, drop adenosine, have all these uh, neurotransmitters and hormonal factors that get you feeling alert and energized. And I can't tell you how many times I've surprised myself because I'm a little bit of a wussy boy sometimes. If I don't get just perfectly enough sleep, oh, I'm not going to feel good today. Uh, After a few minutes, into my morning routine, I start to get a clear head and feel awake and energized and my body starts to feel good. So if you can just put together a five-minute sequence, uh, go look at Brad Kern's dynamic stretching routine to start your day on YouTube and get some ideas from there. But of course, anything works, especially if you have uh, certain favorites or certain uh, drills or exercises that are helping you with your injury prevention or things that you've learned along the way. But my sequence is really fun and you'll love it and it's a good core challenge. So if you can throw that into the mix as your one and only starting point or your one and only takeaway from uh, this podcast, that would be super awesome. And then as that's the starting point, then you can consider throwing in these micro workouts throughout your busy workday, maybe even setting an alarm like on a 30 minute where if you have been sitting for 30 straight minutes, get up and do one set of deep squats. It won't hurt you. It'll actually help you tremendously. And then when it, uh, so we can continue to uh, leverage all the benefits discussed here, when you are going and doing a proper high-intensity workout, uh, honor this new philosophy of HURT, high-intensity repeat training, and go a little bit easier on yourself uh, before the uh, the puking level. And boy, if you think this is uh, sort of far-fetched, I can't tell you, I've been in this game for so long in the fitness business, uh, the triathlon scene, and seen so much chronic and habitual overtraining, training to exhaustion, training to the point of injury and overuse injury. 
And I keep wondering, when's this all going to end? But it never seems to end because we keep having uh, fresh blood thrown into the scene. And part of it is that for many of us who are in uh, sedentary type uh, knowledge worker positions, life is pretty comfortable and easy and we don't have any physical challenges left anymore. Because we have chairs and sofas and automobiles and air-conditioned homes and so on. Remote controls to start the fire instead of having to go out and chop wood. You know what I'm talking about. So if we can uh, throw in some physical challenge, that's a wonderful thing. I'm such a big fan of my morning cold plunge because it kind of brings back, it accesses that primal style of living where you had to face these challenges every day. So I can understand the uh, huge benefit and true need for uh, uh, difficult physical challenges, but you might as well do them right if you're going to go out there and do them, right? I mean, anyone can finish a marathon if you put a gun to their head and say, go run 26 miles, but the point is to do it in a quality manner where you uh, can actually tap into your performance potential. You don't have to struggle and suffer along the way. You don't have to have be one of these statistics of attrition where you're no longer doing what you did five years ago because it was too much to sustain. So, whew, I mean, do it right, but go out and find these awesome challenges. Roger Bannister, uh, the late Sir Roger Bannister, who was the first human to break the uh, mythical four-minute mile barrier back in 1954 before he went on to a distinguished medical career in Great Britain. Uh, He wrote a wonderful book uh, at the time of his retirement. So he was just a young man, but it was so many profound insights in there. I love it. I think it's called The Sub-Four-Minute Mile by Dr. Roger Bannister. Uh, But he gave a great quote that I think about a lot. And he said, struggle gives meaning and richness to life. But I think we can easily misinterpret that today to uh, think of struggle as, you know, setting ourselves up for pain and suffering because we're doing something wrong. And what Dr. Bannister meant was that uh, trying to break the four-minute mile and do everything required and giving all his heart and soul to that incredible, uh, overwhelming goal, but, you know, trying to find the limits of human endurance and break through them. In fact, he, he, you know, he became a physician, so he was in medical school when he broke the world record, and the physicians of his day, his, of his era, speculated that the human heart would explode if someone were to run faster than uh, the, the world record at the time was 401. So they said if someone uh, were able to were to attempt running faster than that and doing the training required, they speculated that the heart couldn't take it. Pretty funny. So he shattered those barriers, was a brave uh, trendsetter and pretty amazing uh, story to think about today. Yeah, the world record today, three minutes and 43 seconds from the great Chikam El Garouj from Morocco, the greatest middle distance runner of all time. And that record is held since 1998. He was a once in a generation talent. And yeah, 343, leaving Bannister in the dust. But hey, records are made to be broken. And everyone who advances culture makes that progress uh, is a wonderful thing to see. So maybe you could be that person in your uh, fitness community with your peers and so forth. I have so much fondness for the fitness community. I work for the spinning program uh, for a couple years in uh, instructor education, trying to uh, convince the instructors and the students that slowing down and doing a comfortable workout once in a while would be healthy. Uh, But it was a tough battle because everyone wanted to crank the music and sprint to the top of the uh, the mythical Tour de France Hill. And here we are uh, years later still doing the same thing with Peloton where we're just getting those high energy workouts in but not looking at the big picture of balancing stress and rest. Okay, so that's my plug for taking it easy, pushing yourself once in a while, and when you do, do it properly. 
properly, and then fly under the radar with these micro workouts. How about that? We put it all together and we have a show. Thank you for listening. Send your comments, questions, feedback to info at primalblueprintpublishing.com. We'd love to hear from you and cover your question on the air doing a Q&A show. Until then, get started on that morning routine tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow, tomorrow. Brad Kern says tomorrow. And that is the end of show. Primal Blueprint listeners don't compromise on pantry classics. Whether you're going keto, paleo, in the middle of a whole 30-month, or adding to your Primal-approved arsenal, Primal Kitchen has a full range of mayo, ketchup, dressings, and oils that add flavor and variety to any meal without ever compromising on ingredient quality. From avocado oil-based mayos bursting with flavors like Kiki Chipotle Lime, Creamy Classic, Zesty Garlic Aioli, or Savory Pesto, to unsweetened ketchups and organic mustards, there's a condiment to complement every taste bud. Be sure to stock up on Primal Kitchen avocado oil, extra virgin olive oil, and new balsamic vinegar of Modena to add ease and great flavor to any dish, whether you're grilling, baking, broiling, braising, sautéing, or stir-frying. Primal Blueprint listeners can get their favorites 20% off when they use the code PRIMALBLUEPRINT at checkout.